Welcome everyone to the Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast presented by the 33rd Team. I'm your host as always, Josh Larkey, and today we have a special treat for everyone. We are going to be taking your trade questions and giving you some actionable advice by basically saying either who we think won, lost the trade, or how we're viewing these trades that have yet to happen or are pending. We're going to get right on into it, and I'm joined as always by Ian Miller our lead dynasty analyst at the 33rd team. First, this one is from Ridge runner 17 on discord. He's playing in a 12 team super flex two points per reception, tight end premium start 10 players. He traded with someone predicted to finish 12th Ridge runner is receiving in this super flex tight end premium format, Ryan Tannehill and a 2024 first round pick. And giving up Jordan Love, a 2024 and 2025 second round pick. I think this is pretty simple. I would agree with you. And also, if the team is projected to finish 12th, you are looking at a 101. Even if this wasn't a 101, I still like the 2024 first and Ryan Tannehill. Because if we look at production alone, we don't know what Jordan Love is next season. In fact, we have to go back to his prospect days to even get an idea of the production that we could be looking at. And he came out of college as a pocket passer, meaning that you have to be a very, very efficient passer in order to hit high-end outcomes as a quarterback. So Jordan Love will already have to hit in a big way to be someone that's very meaningful. And I think I do this trade, even if Ryan Tannehill isn't involved, when you're talking about the upside of that first being Caleb Williams, who's likely, if I had to guess, a first-round startup pick by next season. This was one of the easiest ones on the show. Ridge Runner, congratulations. It's looking quite good. This was one that was texted to me from an anonymous source. This is a 1QB Dynasty League, half PPR with six-point passing touchdowns. Chris Olave or Justin Fields, and they're trying to decide if they're willing to give up the 206 or 301. Let's assume they give up the 206. So it's Chris Olave for Justin Fields and the 2023-206. Give me Chris Olave, who's already a late first-round pick in one quarterback leagues. And not just that, Justin Fields obviously doesn't have as much worth in one quarterback leagues, and there's still risk involved. And then the other piece of this is that a 206 in one QB formats is, is already not as strong as Superflex formats obviously. So you're giving up a 206 that in Superflex is probably valued closer to a third realistically to get Olave who's a first round startup pick and one quarterback. Give me the clear best asset here and someone who could be a wide receiver production in terms of top five for years to come. Yeah, it, it was already Olave for me. And then the fact that it's six point passing touchdown and Justin Fields to this point has been pretty good for fantasy, but not in the past touchdown realm. So yeah, this, this feels like a take Olave and run. Before we continue, everyone, remember, Ian can be found on Twitter at Dynasty underscore IM. Make sure you're checking out everything that he puts out. He's been one of my Twitter favorite Twitter followers or follows for about two and a half years now. So ever since I found his account, what, what he's putting out there, it's great. And honestly, his Twitter account should be paywalled. Now from Discord user Metagamer. Do you think Michael Thomas is a good dynasty buy? I got offered to get him where Metagamer gets Michael Thomas and gives up KJ Osborne in a late 20, 24 second 
10-team, one-quarterback PPR start eight. I don't think any of that matters too much at the end of the day. It's going to be Michael Thomas, and there's K.J. Osborne in a late 2024 second. I'm already leaning Michael Thomas, just in case there's anything left in the tank. Do you have anything to disagree with there? No, it's clearly Michael Thomas. I mean, K.J. Osborne has never put up even 10 points per game, and he's at a very, very uh, tough position to have high-end production because there's so many good wide receivers. So the fact that especially in one quarterback, I could give a late second, which is kind of in a way worthless. It's almost dart throw in one quarterback where I could take a dart throw like type running back on top of Osborne and get someone who even in two games last year before getting hurt again, actually was a wide receiver one in terms of fantasy production. So give me the hopeful upside in Michael Thomas. Have to agree there. Looks like we're Saints Bulls. We we, we wanted Olave. We want Michael Thomas. Let's keep on going now. This is from friend of the show, Sam Wagman on Twitter. It's a super flex league with no special scoring settings. He receives Ramondre Stevenson, Chris Olave, Saints again, and Dalton Kincaid. So we got Ramondre, Olave, Kincaid. This is a blockbuster. Giving up Derrick Henry, Kyle Pitts, Devontae Adams, and a 2024 second. Let's try and make this easy for the listeners. How would you break this trade down in terms of roughly equivalent values so we can get to the bottom of this? Yeah, so if you're just looking value-wise, like Kyle Pitts and Chris Olave are pretty similar in terms of their ADP. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson is kind of similar to Devontae Adams in terms of his average draft position. So then that leaves you with Kincaid and then Henry and a second. Now, when I break this uh, trade down and I look at it, if I'm the top guy, and especially if I'm just not in a clear rebuild or anything like that, I think I want the top side because you're getting Derrick Henry, who we just go year at a time, and he could easily finish as a top three running back again, where it's more to project for Ramondre. Devontae Adams has shown us that he can be a top 12 wide receiver every year. Chris Olave has shown that, and he likely will have a career that's going to last a while with high-end production. But this year alone, Devontae Adams gives you similar upside. And then you look at the trade overall with Dalton Kincaid and Kyle Pitts, and you're getting one of the best rebuild assets in the entire league with Kyle Pitts, where Dalton Kincaid's more of a question mark. So I think it's incredibly fair deal. In no way is this not a fair deal, but I think I get a higher warp or wins above replacement with my top guys, and I'm still getting one of the best rebuilding assets in the process. Yeah, this was a tough one. I think I lean the other side. Generally, when I'm not sure how to value a trade, I'll just defer to the, the team that gets the younger players. So I think I would actually lean Sam's side where it's Ramondre, Olave, Kincaid, simply because if I don't have the strong take, I can see the team that has Henry and Adams feeling burned one year from now. It's a little harder to see that with the Ramondre, Olave, Kincaid side. So I think it's weird to give up Kyle Pitts because he's kind of a foundational asset for a team that wants to either rebuild or get younger. But I'm going to lean towards the team that gets the three younger players. So I think we're, we're disagreeing slightly there which is allowed on the Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast, which is part of the 33rd Team Podcast Network. We all knew where that was going. Make sure, like, subscribe, five-star the podcast on Apple or Spotify if you're enjoying it, and go to the 33rdteam.com. The 33rdteam.com. All of our content on the site is free. Now, this one is from Austin Abbott on Twitter. Looks like Abbott might have come out with a steal. We've got a wide receiver trade. There's no context about the league or anything like that, but I don't think we need it. Traylon Burks and a, a third round pick in 2023 or Calvin Ridley. 
Yeah, it's strictly from a value perspective. When we look at ADP right now, Calvin Ridley is 704 and Traylon Burks is uh, 604. So we're talking about a round difference and the Burks side is getting the plus. So you're getting the higher valued asset and a draft pick. That in itself is something that says, yeah, that's probably a good side of the deal. And then you add in that while Calvin Ridley may have the higher upside, there's still some question marks just in terms of this year alone. So I'm getting a young asset who's likely going to be pretty good and a draft pick involved. I think if you're getting the Traylon Burks, who, as you said, goes sixth round of dynasty startups versus Ridley going seventh already, I lean the younger player when I don't really know what to do. And then there's a third round pick just thrown in there as a nice little bonus. So Austin Abbott, congratulations on that trade. This one is from dirty Mike and the boys on Twitter, half PPR with a full PPR for tight end premium. That is the only context we get. We don't know if it's super flex or not, but this trade, it probably doesn't matter too much. Uh, so I actually don't know who's getting what, but so one of these two teams, maybe dirty Mike, maybe not. One of them is getting Mark Andrews where it's half PPR, but the full PPR for Titan premium foundational Mark Andrews. The other side gets Pat Fryermuth, Jamison Williams, and a 2024 second. How do you view this one for three trade? So, even if this wasn't crazy tight end premium formats, I still almost lean Andrews because that's someone who can put up top three tight end numbers pretty easily. I mean, we're talking about historically great peripheral producer the last few years and the Ravens could be throwing more, but either way, Mark Andrews has serious upside at a position that doesn't have a lot. And then the other thing is we're talking about a league where receivers and running backs get half a point for every reception they have and tight ends get 1.5 points for every reception they have. That is a massive advantage. So that's even going to lead me to uh, Mark Andrews' side even more, who is already going to put up production that could be wide receiver one production at a position where a tight end 12 or the end of tight end one is basically wide receiver 36 production. So Mark Andrews is my choice here pretty pretty easily. Yeah, I think... If this wasn't tight end premium, I probably lean Andrews, but especially with the tight end premium, I think you have to go Andrews here. Tight ends are a cheat code when they're essentially getting double the reception bonus that a, a receiver like Jameson Williams gets. I guess I'll give people context out there because I think this is a, a good way to frame it for people that are new to tight end premium or just don't fully know how to think about it. Let's say that Mark Andrews has 70 catches in a season. That's not a crazy amount. I think that that's pretty reasonable for Jameson Williams to have the same amount of reception points in this format. If Andrews has 70 receptions, Jameson Williams needs 140. Wow. We're going Mark Andrews. Now, for those of you that want fantasy rankings and you're listening to the dynasty show, but you're like, all right, guys, it's starting to become fantasy draft season. What do I do? Well, over the next few weeks, I'm going to be rolling out a big series of articles going through tight end, then running back, then receiver, then quarterback, then full ranking. So we're going to kind of slow play it. And for each position group, so I'm starting with tight end, I'm working on an article that discusses how rookies at the position score historically, how to handle them in redraft, which ones might be interesting targets or fades, the anatomy of a difference making tight end. Nobody really cares about top 12 tight ends, let's be honest. Ian might know. I certainly do not know who the tight end 11 or, or tight end 12 was last year. That really doesn't matter. I, I know which tight end scored a lot of fantasy points though, and it's usually only three to five per season. I also 
we'll be putting out full rankings for each position. So for tight end, we'll, you'll get my top 24 tight ends for fantasy with a full paragraph or two write-up per player so you know how I'm viewing them. And I'm just going to kind of go through that from tight end to running back to receiver to quarterback. That way you get the rankings, the write-ups, strategy articles explaining how to identify difference makers at the position. I've done a lot of coding with play-by-play data to kind of break down what types of actual situations, what types of targets, carries, rush attempts, pass attempts, whatever it might be, how do those affect your fantasy scoring? And after all those come out, I will then put out a big article on roster construction and how I should, how I'm approaching my fantasy drafts with an early mid or late round pick. And then you get the full rankings that way. I mean, yeah, it's, it's great to have my, my quarterback rankings, but at the end of the day, you want to know where I'm taking those quarterbacks in relation to running back receiver tight end. And that's what you'll get early August. Make sure you're tuning in and all of this will be free on the 33rd team.com. Now this is from hairline sports on Twitter. This is actually maybe my favorite question of the day. Ian and I were very excited about this. This was a fun one. Hairline sports on Twitter. I'm in full rebuild. I have the one, 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 three and one, four in my rookie draft. I'm desperate at quarterback. I have very good running backs. Who do I take with those picks? Here's where it gets weird. This is a six team league, but before you laugh, It's a start three quarterback league. So, wow, we actually need quarterbacks. Suddenly, it gets very, very interesting. This guy has Tua Tagovailoa, Kenny Pickett, and Trey Lance. This is not a great quarterback group for for this format. So, he definitely needs quarterbacks. He was thinking Richardson at one. Then, when he has the 103, he takes C.J. Stroud, assuming Bryce Young goes at one, two. And then at 104, he takes Bijan Robinson. Ian, we actually have a very different take on how we should be using these picks. How would you be spending these picks? So what I would say is if you are hearing that Bryce Young is going 102, you might be getting bamboozled because Bijan is probably going there. And why I say that is in super flex drafts, your average draft, Bijan was going 101. Well, that's even with quarterbacks mattering more because two quarterbacks that you start across 12 teams on average – That's 24 starting quarterbacks that you have to play in fantasy every week. So obviously these quarterbacks are worth a lot. In your league's case, you have 18. So quarterbacks are even less valuable than Superflex. So Bijan is the clear 101 yet again. And then yes, Anthony Richardson probably goes 102. And you could take your young, especially because you want to have at least three starting quarterbacks. And with your room, we don't know if you actually have that. Although in rookie drafts, you should never draft positionally or for positional need but ADP also agrees with you here and then at 1-4 I'm not going to tell you to take Stroud because you already have Young you already have someone who yes he has a better chance in my opinion than Stroud and the NFL showed us that to hit this high outcome as a non uh, rusher at 1-4 give me Jameer Gibbs give yourself a positional advantage where quarterbacks are worth even less in your leagues yeah with a six-team league to lock up two top four-ish, top five dynasty running back assets, six-team league, that's pretty juicy. So I'd have to agree with Ian there. I think ultimately, you you grab Bijan, you're probably going to get Gibbs at the three or four. You are going to be loaded at running back by so much more than your league mates, and they're going to want to trade with you. And that's how you can get a quarterback. I think the like the Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson type tier, one of those like reliable veteran quarterbacks is kind of how I'd go about it. 
And I think you could probably get that with a future first and give up one of these great running backs. That way your running back room is still really good. You have a, a solid starter at quarterback, and then you can play matchups with four quality starters each week and only three spots. Again, everyone, before moving on, Ian's dynasty or Ian's handle is uh, dynasty underscore IM and all of his dynasty rankings. They are tiered for quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. There's write-ups throughout for context, and those are free on the 33rdteam.com. This is from Evan Sims on Twitter. This is a good one. What should I do with Travis Kelsey in a super flex PPR league? There's no tight end premium, so super flex PPR. Here's his two best offers. In return for Kelsey, he gets Michael Mayer and a 2024 first, or Sam Laporta and a 2024 first. So I'd say these are basically equal. Mayer and Laporta were both second round picks in this recent draft. I don't think it's crazy to say they're roughly equivalent. So think of it as a Mayer or Laporta and the 2024 first, and the 2024 first with Laporta as a later pick. There's no context about the earlier pick. We'll just work with Mayer and a mid-round 2024 first then. Thank you, Evan. So do you want Kelsey or Michael Mayer in a 2024 first? Apparently, Evan said his team is good. I'm smashing Kelsey. I do see the added uh, context that says he could win the league, which is even more so reason that you want Travis Kelsey on your roster. Even in non-tight end premium formats, Travis Kelsey scored what a wide receiver one does. In fact, when you talk about the next closest tight end, you're talking about fringe wide receiver two status, and that's just the next closest one because once you start going down the list, it shows how much of a positional advantage, tight end premier or not, that Travis Kelsey brings to your team. So if I'm in a situation where I can win the league, I'm not interested in getting Michael Mayer or Sam Laparta, who probably won't do too much this season because they're rookie tight ends, and you hope that they turn into half of what Travis Kelsey has. Not precisely, but just figuratively half of what Travis Kelsey is. And then a 2024 first, which we don't know where that is, but either way, I would take that 2021st, package it onto one of those tight ends who's not going to score a lot of points and give me one of the highest, best positional advantages you can get in the game. Yeah, I would uh, try and win my league this year with Travis Kelsey. The, the guy said that they had Chagosium Okonkwo and Trey McBride on the roster. I don't think that matters. You You really want Travis Kelsey. Those guys are not Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I actually, I made a, or I put out a Travis Kelsey uh, Twitter uh, post yesterday that said that Travis Kelsey in tight end premium formats finished as the wide receiver two last year. And the next closest was wide receiver 12. And one of the comments I got was, yes, but Travis Kelsey is a bit expensive. I could just get 80% of the production with guys like Dolchitz and Okonkwo. And I said, even 80% of Travis Kelsey's production is higher than every other tight end in the league. That's how insane <laughs> Travis Kelsey is right now. Yeah, right as you were saying that, I was thinking 80% of Kelsey is still better than anyone else. So, well said. And if you want to see that tweet, you can follow Ian at Dynasty underscore I am. This one's from Twitter user Corey Allen. This was, I think, the funniest question because uh, we'll see in a second. 10-team PPR Dynasty. It's super flex. What do I do to improve my roster? Should I try to make a two-for-one trade to get more elite players? So essentially giving two good players to get one elite player in return. Should I do those two-for-one trades for elite players or hold firm? I don't have a lot of free roster space for waivers right now. I'm getting some FOMO. I might not be able to do waivers all season. 
This guy's team is stacked. So it's a super flex 10 team. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Brock Purdy is the quarterback room. That's clearly the best quarterback room. You have like three top seven dynasty quarterbacks, including maybe the, the top, top two. two dynasty quarterbacks. The running back room just has a ton of pretty elite assets. We've got Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, Brees Hall, Najee Harris, James Cook. If I'm missing someone else, sorry. But right there, I think that's a, a top three running back room. The receivers are very good. We have CeeDee Lamb, DK Metcalf, Chris Olave, Calvin Ridley, Terry McLaurin, Drake London, <gasps> Brandon Ayuk, Rashad Bateman, Chris Godwin, and uh, Jaden Reed. Uh, the, the tight end is TJ Hawkinson. Who would you go after? I, I really think you just look at Chase or Jefferson. That's yeah. the only thing I could think of is it's not really a good use of your time to do much else given this roster. And I would actually add one more to that. So I do get some questions like with people with absolutely stacked rosters and the guy makes a good point. You want to do two for ones because when your bench is absolutely so loaded, you can give up some value to get a higher end starter because guys on your bench that low and they're that good with that much value aren't going to matter as much. So yes, like Josh said, guys like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase are absolutely guys you can go after and overpay a little bit. One more that or two more that I'd throw at you are either Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. Give yourself a serious advantage at tight end that TJ Hawkinson won't be able to deliver you while he'll still finish likely as a top four, top five tight end. You could cement this likely championship even harder by having the top two quarterbacks in what is the most important position in Superflex, and then positionally one of the best advantages in the whole league, not to mention the rest of your roster. So I think between Chase, Jefferson, Andrews, and Kelsey, those are four guys you can just kind of overpay for, try to overpay for. This guy also ha starts three IDPs. Ian and I don't play in those formats, but I think our advice would be the same, that if you don't have absolutely loaded IDPs, which we cannot comment on, then you can easily give up some of these absolutely loaded uh, position groups. I, I'd say Trevor Lawrence is probably the perfect guy to get rid of for an IDP. If you already have Mahomes and Allen, hard to see when you're actually starting Trevor Lawrence in Dynasty. So to me, that would be like the, the first guy I'd be offering up to get a, a superstar IDP if they're, if they're worth it in this format, which we cannot comment on. All right, moving on. This is from Alex Pendergrass on Twitter. It's a super flex tight end premium PPR. So we're going to assume PPR one and a half point per reception for tight end premium. And there's a lot of flexes. The one side got a, this, I guess 2023 was the dynasty startup. So you're getting the 19th round and the third round dynasty startup picks or the fifth round dynasty startup pick and a 2024 first that that third round pick has already been made. It seems so that pick was Mark Andrews in this tight end premium super flex league. So basically Mark Andrews and a 19th round startup pick, which I think we can just agree to throw out at this point. Cause that asset doesn't matter. We're going to narrow this down now, Ian Mark Andrews or a fifth round startup pick for this year. And a 2024 first rounder. No, I was going to say the same thing you are. This 19th round pick means nothing. Unless, <laughs> of course, you've selected Dearness Johnson. Fantasy receipts might come after you for making such a laughable decision. But if we are left with Mark Andrews for 509 and a 2024 first, assuming ADP is about what it is when you're looking at 
the board. So that's kind of guys from like Ramondre Stevenson to Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, all the way to Kirk Cousins. That's about your fifth round in a dynasty startup. And I would say if the board's not too bad, I don't mind pivoting down from Mark Andrews, especially when you don't know the construction of your team quite yet. But at the same time, if, if your first two round selections have been good, let's say you've got a Mahomes Allen or some elite quarterback, your second round, you grab something really good. And that's a steal of a price on Mark Andrews there in the late third. As he does say, it's tight end premium. I actually don't mind, even though it might be value-wise a little bit overpay. You might seriously have positioned yourself just looking how this dynasty board could have played out. You could be finishing the third round with two of the best quarterbacks in the game and the first or second highest upside tight end next year to where that 2021st could already through three rounds be projected quite late. And you have a very like high stability on that team if you did uh, get a higher end quarterback there. So I actually don't mind the move for Mark Andrews there. This one is uh, from Justin with the rocket ship emoji on Twitter. 10-man, one quarterback, half PPR, tight end premium. So I'll repeat that one more time. One QB league with 10 teams, half PPR with uh, tight end premiums. We'll assume full PPR for tight ends. One side gets, oh, his side gets Drake London. Oh, God. This is, whew. all right, everyone, we're on a time machine. Drake London and two 2025 second round picks. So we'll, we'll just call it Drake London mostly. <laughs> the other side you get this year's 106 he said the guy took zay flowers where i don't know if that matters too much the 106 sure zay flowers so uh basically zay flowers dj moore a 2024 second and a 2024 third i'm gonna go ahead and take the liberty of eliminating the 20 the two 2025 seconds are equal to the 2024 second and 2024 third we're going to get rid of those picks. I'm simplifying it. I make the decisions here. It is now Ian, Drake London, or DJ Moore, and Zay Flowers. I like what you did there because I would do something close to the same. <laughs> so DJ Moore and Zay Flowers, I would absolutely upgrade to get me into a Drake London. You're talking about one of the best rookies that we've seen. And unfortunately, because of the absolutely abysmal uh, Arthur Smith offense for fantasy football. It didn't exactly go to course, but when you look at peripherals, there'd only been four rookie wide receivers to put up a two plus yards per team pass attempt and 23% target share. Drake London did that joining Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Odell Beckham, and Mike Evans. So this is the 21 year old we're talking about in Drake London, who as long as he doesn't stay in an atrocious situation for what the next 10 years of his career, you're looking at someone that's likely to put up multiple top five finishes, just like the guys on this list have done. DJ Moore, yes, he puts up good peripherals, but he's already 20, about to be 27 in an offense that also looks like it's in a pretty poor situation. And Zay Flowers is someone who I'm not as high on as a prospect and would still have to hit. And it would likely take a few years for him to have meaningful production. So in that case, Give me Drake London. And not just that, when I could take a second and a third, even though they're 2024s, and turn them into two 2025 seconds, that's a little micro move that I don't mind making. And you're already getting the Drake London side. So give me the Drake London. Interesting. I was curious where you'd go with this. I I didn't have too strong of a take, actually. So we'll, we'll side with Ian preferring Drake London, because if I'm pretty neutral, he leans Drake London. We'll give one and a half points there to the Drake London side. Our second to last question of the day. This is from Alex Trame on Twitter. He said it just happened today. Whoa, whoa, today. All right, half PPR, super flex. 
I don't know uh, which side is which. So one side gets Garrett Wilson in a 2023 uh, 202. So early second rounder this year with Garrett Wilson or Travis Etienne, the 106 in this year's draft and a 303 in this year's draft. I'll repeat it one more time for everyone. Garrett Wilson in the 202 this year in rookie drafts. Garrett Wilson in the 202 or Travis Etienne in the 106 and the 303. I think I'm going to make the executive decision to throw out the 303. We don't need to worry about that. Garrett Wilson in the 202, ETN in the 106. Yeah, so just looking at the 106, and I know most people would look at this and go, okay, Travis Etienne's the piece. We're adding a 106. But when you look at average draft position, the 106 is going just a round after Garrett Wilson and ahead of Travis Etienne. So when you think about that, wow, Garrett Wilson and the 106 are really only about a round apart in value. And I would make the case that Garrett Wilson and Dynasty might even be a little bit overpriced. So we're talking about someone that has about a round difference. Then you add in Travis Etienne and you could end the 303 and compare that to just the 202. Well, it's pretty obvious that Travis Etienne is worth a lot more than that 202 is. So in this case, you're getting two assets that are going in about the first four rounds of a startup draft for one that's going in the second with a second round pick. So give me Travis Etienne, the 106, and an extra 303 added on. That's where I'd go too, uh, Travis Etienne. Now, before we get to our final question, which I think is the most interesting one because it's pretty open-ended, reminder that you should follow Ian Miller at Dynasty underscore I am on Twitter. You can find me, Josh Larkey, at Tweets on Twitter. And you can find our content on the 33rdteam.com. And if you're not listening live, this podcast will be in, as you probably know if you're not listening live, the 33rd Team Podcast Network on Apple or Spotify. So if you're listening live and you want to check out everything else we have, great. Go to the 33rd Team Podcast Network in Apple or Spotify. Like, subscribe, five-star, blah, blah, blah. Let's get to this final question from my main man, Jacob Diehl. I always love when there's a last name that I am a little bit hesitant to pronounce. We'll call him Jacob D. So he's looking to offer Goddard and a wide receiver to acquire Pitts. There's no other context here. He wants Pitts. He's got Goddard. What types of wide receivers would you just begin to offer in order to get a Kyle Pitts? We'll assume no tight end premium because that wasn't specified. So I actually really love this move. And when you look at value-wise, you're talking about like the Amari Cooper, Deontay Johnson, even fringe DeAndre Hopkins range in order to make this trade work out in your average league. So you're talking Goddard and one of those wide receivers for a Kyle Pitts. And I go on here every week and I talk about how Kyle Pitts could give you a massive advantage in your dynasty leagues. Goddard, on the other hand, he is a good tight end. We can agree on that. Dallas Goddard's a good tight end. He's also a tight end that's never put up 15-plus points per game and is heading into his sixth year and will be 29 this coming year. So we don't have a ton left, and when you get to that age, immediate production really matters. Well, he's on a low-passing volume offense that, while he was good, despite putting up an average depth of target less than eight, which is not ideal for tight end success in the fantasy realm, he's also alongside Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, who both put up 25% target shares, the first pair of teammates to do it in the 2020s era. So Dallas Goddard is someone who he could be, you know, put up fringe wide receiver two production in terms of comparing it to wide receivers, probably more so wide receiver three like he has done during his career. 
And you could flip a wide receiver who's likely in that fringe wide receiver two range for a tight end who could be a league wrecker. And this is actually something that I really like to do because you getting the best asset in the deal and a league record going forward. Yeah, league record going forward. That's what we like to hear, folks. That will do it for the podcast. I, I think one thing we'll agree on is rebuilding, contending, uh, whatever it might be. Kyle Pitts is a foundational asset that is probably going to be putting up real startable, if not extremely difference-making tight end production on your roster for the next decade. So I, I don't think it actually matters what your team looks like. That's a great player to, to get. Dallas Goddard is going to be in his 30s by the time he's potentially free of an A.J. Brown-Devonta Smith duo, which is pretty brutal for him scoring truly difference-making fantasy points. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of the Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast presented by the 33rd team.